0: Hi, welcome to Encounters on our planet first of all thank you so much for tuning into today's episode your time is a precious gift to me and i appreciate you choosing to share it with me by tuning into this episode encounters is a safe space that i'm creating for us to have open and honest conversations about everything we encounter as we navigate life and that means everything there's nothing off limits there's nothing we want to talk about so stick around and i sure hope that you enjoy this episode or any other episode you choose to listen to hi good morning good afternoon good evening how are you doing how are you faring i hope you're doing okay i hope everyone is doing fine it's end month how has the month been for you i hope you've had good things happen for you and if not i hope you can still hope for more and still search for better moments in life yeah and if you're not okay seriously emotionally mentally physically and you feel that you need a shoulder to lean on or a listening ear you know i'm always here Oh, that was a rhyme. <laughs> a listening ear, you know, I'm always here. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to today's episode. I'm so happy to have you back here. I'm happy to be back recording. I love this space and I appreciate you guys for giving me a space to let my mind and my sort of creativity (laughs) run wild. And I'm happy that I have a family and friends through encounters. So I've been doing well myself. I'm in the heat of preparing for my exams, which has been interesting because it's a whole of workload. And time is nearing each day yeah so welcome to today's episode i hope you're doing fine as i am as i've said again and again (laughs) i just had my morning cup of coffee which was a nice nice cup of black coffee and i'm ready to go about my day so yeah welcome to the episode as you see the title is avoidance and escaping so that should be interesting it's our human nature to avoid something that doesn't feel comfortable or something that is a threat to us, we humans tend to turn towards what feels good, what is more pleasurable and pleasing to us. Well, this can be good, but in in situations where you use avoidance and escaping in a way that hinders you, from living your normal life, it can be problematic. And today I want us to get into how escapism and avoidance take different forms in our lives and how we can deal with them if at all you have this issue or you just want to know more about it. I found a nice article giving even types of avoidance and we can get into that together. Yes, so what is escapism? Escaping, you know what escaping means. I'm sure we all know escaping means living some, somewhere or someone. You know, it has the definition of going away or running away. When we look at it from a mental perspective or a psychological perspective, I combined various definitions to get that escaping is seeking distraction and relief from unpleasant realities by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. It is the diversion from real life to imaginative activity and entertainment and or entertainment. When you escape, you avoid thinking of unpleasant things or circumstances or situations you're going through. By withdrawing, using certain activities to get you into a fantasy world. So it's a coping strategy, as you've seen. Not every coping strategy is a healthy strategy. This is one of the unhealthy ones. So you cope by ignoring, evading, and avoiding your reality. And you use different channels to get you into an imaginative or fantasy world. You could use smoking. You could use drugs, which are not smoked. I mean, smoking is also ingesting drugs, but you can also ingest drugs in ways that are not smoking. Anyways, don't mind me. Alcohol, various addictions and distractions that get you into an imaginative world. You know, drugs like marijuana and psychedelics and pills, they give you hallucinations, they give you a high that feels like you're going through a supernatural, unexplainable experience. And many people like this because it takes them away, far away from what is real. And when we speak of fantasy world nowadays with the development of technology the advancement of games and virtual realities and virtual worlds it's becoming a big issue i once watched a show where this guy did not leave his apartment ever in months because he has his food delivered to the doorstep he has his setup inside the apartment his computers his virtual reality things so he just gets absorbed and that's his world now with different ways of technology giving us the virtual online experience to just belong into an online community with people miles away play video games for hours that just swallow you and suck you into the game and it feels so real because of course now things are more developed and you can feel like you're actually inside the game it's okay to play a game It's okay to be part of a virtual community, it's okay, but when it becomes too much or when it becomes intentionally doing it because you just don't want to face what is real, you don't want to think about the things that you're going through, then that is escaping. Again, it is seeking distraction and relief. You're seeking relief, you're seeking to be distracted, you're seeking to be taken away from your reality, from your real life, from what is going on in your world, by fantasy you should identify that instead of helping the situation escaping further reinforces your fears and your anxieties or whatever it is you're trying to avoid escaping involves lots of fantasy world imaginative thinking of course you could physically escape a situation, but in this case, it has a lot to do with what goes on in your mind. So now we come to avoidance. Avoidance is attempting to minimize and avert perceived threats, danger, or anxiety by avoiding. I found this definition on Psych Central. You attempt to minimize and avert threats, danger, or anything that could cause you anxiety by avoiding going to that thing or dealing with that thing. Avoiding is also a coping strategy like escaping. They're in the same family of running away from things. The avoidance degree or the degree to which you avoid things or people or places, of course, is associated with the level of conflict or threat that could come out of this situation. While I was trying to read around about avoidance, I saw that for avoidance, it could be a perceived threat, something that has not happened yet, something imagined or anticipated, or it could be Real. You're avoiding something that is even yet to happen. You're diverting from something that you haven't even experienced yet. So that's one of the differences. Still the same family. As I said, escaping is more of you want to fantasize, you want to run away from things and avoiding is related to minimizing or diverting from threatening situations even before they happen. Thinking of it before it happens and avoiding it before it even happens is one of the core characters of avoidance. And now that brings me to the interesting article I found again on psychcentral.com. So they quoted an author and PhD professor Matthew McKay in his book titled Mind and emotions which tackles different treatments of different emotional disorders he has a section there on avoidance he classifies some types of avoidance i found this interesting because his descriptions were quite accurate and categorizing them was really interesting as i go through this you'll see how different situations fall into different categories this is also a good time to think of where you fall if at all avoidance and escaping are your coping strategies One of them is situational avoidance, which involves staying away from situations, activities, people, places that activate you, trigger you. An example of this is post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, where someone actively avoids a situation because it triggers a feeling they've had before. For example, someone who was a victim or witnessed a bombing, avoiding firework displays. For example the veterans, soldiers who have fought in wars, avoiding situations that trigger that sensation of a bomb going off. That's one of the ways. Of course this could be healthy in some ways if it puts you away from situations that are potentially harmful. But you see when you avoid a firework display, it's not a threat, you know, it's not a harmful situation, but you avoid it because of the feeling that it triggers in you. So it could be a situation, could be a place, could be people, could be anything or activities. So that's up to you to evaluate. You could also have situational avoidance without PTSD. You don't have to have had PTSD or something traumatic. Then we have cognitive avoidance, which involves actively turning your mind cognitive is to do with the mind your cognition is your perception your senses how you think and how your way of thinking and perception affects how you live your life so cognitive avoidance is actively turning your mind away from distracting or stressing thoughts or memories so you know your mind, you know the things that affect you, you know what you're going through. When you actively tell yourself, I will not think of A, B, C, D, I will think of this instead, take you away from stressing, that is cognitive avoidance. One interesting thing that the author gave an example of is toxic positivity and certain ritualized affirmations. So going through them one by one, I think I have mentioned toxic positivity before. Toxic positivity is ignoring reality, ignoring that there's a 50-50% chance of things being positive or negative in life doesn't mean you should be overly negative, it also doesn't mean you should ignore bad things happening. I'm sure you've encountered a few toxic, positive people in our lives. Maybe that's us, <laughs> all this sunshine and rainbows, even if the world is falling apart. Well, it's really it's okay to be sad and down and be a bit. I mean, we call it realistic, <laughs> people mix realistic and negative, anyways. That's a different conversation. But toxic positivity is ignoring the other side of things going. Bad. If something goes bad or if something is stressing you, acting like it's not happening is toxic. That's also avoiding it then when i saw this affirmations thing i laughed at myself because if you know me you know i was big on that especially last year when at a point things were really bad for me emotionally and mentally and i would be like i'm happy i am happy i release everything that is stressing me i am healthy i am doing well things are working out for me i'm passing my exams well all this is okay of course what you say to yourself and what you speak out loud has value and what you tell your mind has value but making it a ritual and forcing issues you could have a disease or an illness and you keep saying i'm healed i'm healthy i'm healthy i don't have a disease that's avoiding the situation that's acting like it's not that well it's really that when you heart broken and you keep saying i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy i'm okay i'm healed that's not you that's toxic that's harmful to yourself instead of dealing with the issue confronting the issue you go around acting like it's not happening watch yourself and this affirmation scheme. you don't have to lie to yourself and be extremely positive you can just accept reality that yes good things happen but bad things happen sometimes and when bad things happen it's okay for you to be a bit bitter or sad of course within measure and not for a prolonged time that's okay but acting like it's not happening is what's not okay then you can also dissociate you just don't think of it just avoid thinking of it i know someone like this in my life they just act like the world is not falling apart. They just sit there and use some distraction to take them out of what is going on. So for cognitive avoidance, it's more of what goes on in your mind and what you're trying to tell your mind to look away from. Then you can also be constantly thinking of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. This is, I think, the other side of toxic positivity. Cause for toxic positivity, you're just ignoring the 50-50% chance of tragedy happening. This one, you're just playing out all the bad scenarios. Like what if I, I love this person and they break my heart? What if I fail all my exams? What if I'm walking up the stairs and I slide and I break my leg so you avoid walking up the stairs you avoid falling in love you avoid doing your exams or preparing for your exams because you've said what you what for 40 what 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 to a point now you're just mentally avoiding these things even before they happen then we have protective avoidance it's in the name something that will protect you avoiding in a way that will protect you so this comes out as doing actions or placing things in your physical environment that will help you feel safe and protected and the first example <laughs> Was compulsive cleaning and I laughed. I don't think my cleaning is compulsive. I think cleaning is okay. Anyways, compulsive cleaning routinely doing a million safety checks with your alarms, with your locks, with all those things, keeping good luck charms or symbols of protection. You believe that are symbols of protection around you to help you feel safe in your physical environment. That's one of the things. And of course, you see, again, things like this, it's not that the whole thing is entirely bad or harmful. It's okay to clean your environment. It's okay to make sure you're door is locked every night to make sure your car is locked to make sure everything is trapped in it's okay to maybe wear a bracelet your mom gave you or a necklace someone gave you that is symbolic to something both of you know but when it's excessively and it becomes something you can't help it's a compulsion something that you can't stop you have to work hard to stop yourself from cleaning or checking the lock 50 times every night such ways or such levels are problematic. Then for protective avoidance, it can also now become perfectionism because it helps you feel safe. Doing things in a perfectionistic manner makes you feel safe. We've talked about this in the perfectionism episode. Procrastinating or avoiding and over preparing, not taking an 80%, only taking a hundred percent or 99. You want to feel safe. You want to feel like you have prepared adequately. You want to avoid the feeling of being a failure or you want to avoid not Not accomplishing a task 100% well, 90% is equally good enough. But this will also lead you to putting off tasks and procrastinating because you fear that task that you don't even want to start preparing for it. Same thing we talked about in perfectionism, that you want to do something so much that you even fear starting because you might fail. You can't handle failure. That's one of the ways protective avoidance takes place. Then the fourth one is somatic avoidance. Somatic is a term that means relating to the body not the mind like physical aspects. So when you talk of somatic avoidance it means avoiding situations that elicit a physical response like anxiety or stress. So a somatic experience relates to the body. Maybe your heart rate rising because of anxiety, you feel tingling sensations, you feel yourself hyperventilating because you're in panic or fear. Avoiding a situation that will elicit such a, such a physical response. So this also ties into situations avoidance because that also gives you a fear type of response and an anxiety response. You avoid anything that could even excite you. You can even avoid falling in love. You remember in that episode of Valentine's Day, we talked about the chemistry of love, what causes you to actually feel like you can't eat, you can't breathe, you can't sleep when you're in love. Falling in love actually arouses physical responses and some people avoid this. You can even avoid a roller coaster, anything that would thrill you because you don't to feel physically excited you see how harmful this could be you can't enjoy simple pleasures you can't enjoy things that actually are joyful and playful just because they may arouse a certain excitement out of you and you associate all types of excitement with what you're trying to avoid the increasing heart rate and panic and fear that you're trying to avoid lastly Not lastly, last but not least, there's one more thing I want to go over. We have substitution avoidance. Now, this was new. Okay, the concept wasn't new, but terming it substitution avoidance made sense because you substitute one feeling with another feeling or another thing. So, for example, you go through a loss or you go through something tragic. Instead of going through grief and being sad and feeling down about the situation, you replace it with anger. Or again, you could replace it with toxic positivity or like avoiding thinking that it happened. But it's like you're replacing one feeling with another. I could be heartbroken. Instead of taking a moment to feel bad about what actually happened because it's okay, I replace that feeling with a different type of feeling, anger, excitement. So you could avoid by replacing an emotion with another emotion. Then externally, you could be relying on something else to provide you a temporary escape from what you're actually feeling. And I'm sure... Most of us have had moments that we have done this. I'm sure most of us have had such experiences. So you could rely on drugs. You could rely on food, on other people. You could rely on activities like sex to give you an escape. And this is only temporary because once you're done getting high or getting drunk, your emotion hits you again. Once you're done eating, binge eating, your emotion hits you again. Just a recap, we've gone over situational avoidance, which involves staying away from situations, activities of people that trigger you in any certain way. We've gone through cognitive avoidance, which involves you turning off your mind from thinking of certain stressful situations by being too positive or lying to yourself that things are okay and yet they're not okay. Protective avoidance, where you do things in your physical environment or place things in your physical environment to allow you to feel safe and protected. Then somatic avoidance, which is related to the body and how you experience stress and anxiety, so you avoid anything that can elicit a physical reaction out of you. Then substitutional avoidance, where you substitute... An emotion with another emotion or an emotion with something temporary to give you an escape. Yes, so those are some of the types of avoidance that we go through as we are looking to minimize danger or hurt or difficult situations in our lives. And remember I said it could be a real threat or thing that actually occurred or it could be a perceived or anticipated threat. You rob yourself of ever going through anything because you fear it happening the same way it happened before now we can't talk about avoidance without talking about conflict avoidance i'm sure we have heard of the term conflict avoidance being thrown around of late if you're on pop therapy (laughs) you know pop therapy is like instagram therapy (laughs) or tiktok therapy by the way i want to do an episode about this about social media therapy which could be a whole two part series because that's a whole thing to tackle anyways conflict avoidance is avoiding directly confronting issues, disagreements, in fear of making someone else upset or angry. You avoid confronting anything. You avoid any form of disagreement because you fear making the other party upset or angry. This, I think, is one of the things that stems from childhood or something that happened to you as you are developing. Maybe you grew up in a household that many people argued or arguments were very blown out of proportion or in a household that was dismissive whenever you bring something up you're dismissed or your opinions are dismissed so you don't even bring anything up because what's the use could be either of those or you saw someone react harshly or so badly towards a conflict that you fear eliciting that from anyone else this manifests by bottling up your emotions Not talking about anything, just keeping stuff inside because you fear expressing yourself will bring a negative outcome. You can also change topics when someone wants to talk about something serious or confront an issue. You change the topic or you use humor. Humor is also a copy mechanism. You make jokes during confrontations or you make jokes about something you are going through because you're trying to divert from confrontation. You could as well deny the issue. I mean, it's called avoidance after all you completely deny there being an issue, especially with close people like your friends or your partner. You're like, no, there's no problem. Nothing is wrong, you know. But inside, you know there is actually a problem. Then you could as a whole, withdraw from the whole relationship. You withdraw from the person or the friend or the workmate you're trying to avoid having a conflict with, which is a win-lose situation because now you end up putting your relationship in grave danger. Then you could conceal. Concealment is all these things. You conceal how you feel. You conceal that there's an issue. You conceal what you actually are going through when you are facing another person. So conflict avoidance is more related to other people the people around you because you don't want to make the other party upset or angry well this could be okay because of course we have to be mindful of the people close to us when you do it too much to the point that you just never bring anything up and you put yourself in danger you hurt yourself while doing this it could be problematic again i read this example of imagine you have worked so hard on a project or a group assignment. Then on the day of presenting, one person takes all the credit, or all the credit for your work or even for the whole group's work. Then you just bottle it up and let them get away with that because you don't want to cause a problem with someone you work with or someone you're in class with. While realistically, you should talk to them. Say, I appreciate that you're part of this group, but I did this and this and this, and I don't see my name on the PDF. I don't see my name on the presentation or you actually took credit for the work and input I put. thing with conflict avoidance is, it doesn't mean that everything you confront has to be an argument or has to be a hurtful conversation. It doesn't mean that if we disagree, we have to fight. And I've been slowly learning that as I bring things up to people. It doesn't mean that because I'm bothered by something you did or you're bothered... By something I did, it means that we are arguing, we are fighting or we are throwing things at the wall or hitting each other. No, I could calmly tell you, hey, I don't like that you spoke to me in such and such a way. Can we talk about that and how it made me feel or why you did that in the first place? You can have such healthy conversations about problems. So I think the first step to dealing with conflict avoidance is by Knowing that not every issue has to be confronted with an argument. You don't have to fight and scream your lungs out just to solve a problem. Or sometimes I'll be having a conversation with someone and a conversation where we are sharing opinions. If it's them explaining an experience to me, of course that's the experience I listen. But if it's a conversation where you say your opinion and I say my opinion, of course we don't think the same. We don't agree on the same things sometimes i find myself just listening and be like oh yeah yeah true 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 i get you mm, mm, yeah 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 but internally i'm like hmm, i don't think so i don't agree just because i don't want to be on the opposite side of what the person is saying or if you are losing a friend because you don't you don't have the same stance on a certain matter yes so that's about avoidance Well, avoidance is not good. Avoidance limits your endurance because you can only know how to endure difficult situations or situations that bring you nervousness or anxiety by facing them. You won't ever have a chance of being proven wrong that fireworks are actually good and an enjoyable experience if you don't go to fireworks because of a previous issue. You will become too sensitive to even the smallest triggers just because you have created an environment where you have avoided all potential threats. For example, with the safety checks. Yes, you can lock your doors. Yes, you can make sure everything is in check, but you become too sensitive even if someone just brushes past you you're threatened if someone steals your phone you feel like it's the end of the world well things like that happen every day so you won't have a chance to build up your endurance build up your experience build up your perception because you you have a limited way of thinking when you avoid things it's harmful to you It's harmful to you internally because prolonging a situation is not dealing with it. Avoiding a conflict, avoiding dealing with your grief, avoiding dealing with your sadness, your anger doesn't help anything. Avoiding dealing with a bad job, a damaging situation at work or in your household doesn't solve the problem. It's not easy to confront it either, but you'll be much braver for confronting these situations and realities than running away and hiding. Of course, doesn't mean you overexpose yourself to situations that could literally give you medical panic attacks, you know. Not that you put yourself in those situations. You do it slowly by slowly with measure. But then how would you know that you escape or you avoid things? I found a set of questions that can help you evaluate your triggers and your level of avoidance and escaping. Let's just ask ourselves this for a moment. First of all, how do you respond when you feel threatened? Do you cave Do you go into your shell? Do you retreat? How do you respond when something happens or someone comes around to make you feel like you're in a threatening situation? What do you do? Think about that. Then what activities, what people, what places, situations do you avoid? We all have something we avoid. We all have conversations we avoid. So what do you avoid? And once you identify what you avoid, then it can tell you something about why you avoid what you avoid. Then... What does this avoidance get in the way of you doing? If you're avoiding going to the mall because it's too crowded, what does it stop you from doing? It stops you from even enjoying all the shops at the mall, enjoying a restaurant at the mall because you don't want to go there. Or going into the city center because of how crowded it is. There could be some good things there. And I mean, it is a city center. It has to be crowded. But if you're too scared to face crowds because of certain fears, it gets in your way of enjoying simple things. Then what would happen if you stopped avoiding? This is how you evaluate, especially when you want to fix avoidance and expose yourself to more situations. What would happen if you actually stopped checking your doors 50 times? If you only checked your locks like twice before you sleep? If you stopped being perfectionistic and just do it the best if you get 80 be content what would happen if you're not toxic with your positivity you don't lie to yourself that i'm healthy i'm healthy yet you clearly are not what would that mean for you is it harmful if you stopped avoiding if then then you have to stay away from what is damaging to you i'm okay with that method so it's all about what works for you either way about conflict avoidance it's good to confront things it's good to talk about things and set your boundaries with people around you you can talk about it lovingly you can practice talking about something before going to the person i feel like that's actually even better so you can be mindful of what you're saying and whenever you're in situations that give you stress or anxiety of course this is for small smaller situations you can find ways to help you calm down for example, deep breathing. I say this all the time. Deep breathing stimulates your vagus responses. Close your eyes for a moment. Breathe in. Count to 10 before you respond. Count to 10 before you walk into that meeting room. Count to 10 before you walk past the person who makes you feel like your heartbeat is racing. Count to 10 before you walk into that mall and it's crowded. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. So avoiding and escaping is okay. If you're doing it in a healthy way with your coping mechanisms or if you're actually avoiding a situation that is really harmful to you, it's okay. But if you are only avoiding and escaping, not doing anything about the things that are going on in your real world, that's a problem. Yeah, I think... That's where we've reached today. Just a recap, we've talked about what escaping is. We've said it's seeking destruction and relief from your unpleasant realities or from your world through entertainment or fantasies. Then we've talked about avoidance, which is like minimizing dangerous situations or situations that make you feel anxious because of a threat that could be real or imagined. All these things further give you your problems. (laughs) Avoiding your problems further creates a problem. That's what you have gotten into today. There's different ways of dealing with issues. Everybody is different. We can't all have a uniform umbrella way of coping, but you can at least try to do it healthily. Don't Let yourself be robbed of experiencing good things or simple pleasures because you have put off going to those places that get your heart rate running a bit. Yes. And if it gets too much, if it's too damaging for you that it impairs your daily physical life, like getting outside of the house or talking to anyone, in that case, you should seek therapy. You don't have to seek therapy. You can just talk to someone, write about it, journal about it, just something to break it down. The more you explain how you feel, the more you talk about how you feel, the more You release it, the more you make sense of it and you can handle it. So, don't forget to take some time and ask yourself some of the questions I've given of evaluating if you're avoidant and if you are the levels and the triggers of what causes you to escape and avoid anything that you're escaping and avoiding. That said, I hope that you enjoyed this discussion. I loved it. I liked going through the types of avoidance and I hope that you enjoyed this too. That said, now, we can take a breather as we get into the end segments of the episode. Now, the end segments of the episode. Of course, gratitudes. I feel like for the past five episodes, I'm just being grateful for life, but I'm grateful for having a lot on my plate. Sometimes, You get busy or you have so many things to do and you actually forget. Sometimes we pray for so many things to do. Like I prayed at a point in my life to be doing a course I enjoyed. Though it's a lot of work, I'm still grateful to be studying medicine. I'm still grateful to be having a podcast, even if it requires some effort. Even if having friends around me requires seeing them and talking to them and keeping up with them. I'm still grateful to have friends to have people I can talk to and people who care for me. So I think I'm grateful for having a lot on my plate because that means my prayers are being answered. If I had nothing on my plate, it means I'll not be going to school or I wouldn't even have this podcast working or I wouldn't have friends that socializing with consumes my time. So I'm grateful. My encounter of the week, um, my week was pretty. It moved so fast. <laughs> I was so busy, y'all. just moved and moved and moved. But on Sunday, I did a reading in church. And I like serving the Lord. It gives me joy. I keep wanting to do it more and more. Interesting thing. Oh, in this big country, China, I met someone okay, from Kenya, of course. But more coincidentally, from my tribe and from the same area, like in the village. We come from the same area. And I was so shocked. It's shocking to find someone From almost exact same place when you're outside, you know. And given where I live, I don't meet many Kenyans. Now that I met someone exactly from there, it was like, wow. We're out here. (laughs) But that was really interesting. It was the highlight of one of my days last week so that's my encounter now for the secret emoji you know a punching emoji because i know avoiding something is like avoiding something that gives you a bad experience but if you go tackle that emotion tackle that situation tackle that problem yeah picture yourself fighting (laughs) boxing or maybe we should use boxing gloves as the emoji boxing or fighting this problem going toe-to-toe with this problem (laughs) Yeah, that's the secret emoji for the episode. Mm. Finally, for the game, this time, to talk for one minute is the game. So, talk for one minute about something that makes you afraid or threatens you. And I want you to do it with someone. Like, talk to someone. Tell a friend, tell your partner, tell your workmate, tell a stranger, or tell me. <laughs> tell me one thing that makes you feel afraid, that threatens you, or triggers you that you're avoiding. Because if you talk about it, then it means you're a step closer to being aware of it if you're aware of it then you're a step closer to changing or doing something about it i'm gonna do the same maybe today or tomorrow talk to someone about one thing that threatens me or makes me feel fear that said we have come to the end the terminal part of our episode and i'm happy that we got here i'm happy to have another episode out there thank you so much for being here thank you for giving me your time providing me the platform to have these discussions thank you to everyone who continues to come back here every week i love you so deeply i appreciate you you all mean the world to me if you're listening to this you mean the world to me and if no one has told you today i love you you're doing great Keep trying, keep fighting. You got this, you know. Don't avoid the hard things. Just confront them. Box them out. (laughs) Anyways, I hope you have a lovely week, a lovely month ahead, a lovely time. Whenever you listen to this, don't forget to leave a rating or a review if you haven't. Because it helps the podcast grow. And as I said, on Spotify, there's the feature of giving a direct comment every episode. So you can feel free to use and abuse that feature. (laughs) (laughs) for my benefit but yes um at planet.nikite on instagram if you ever want to talk or see my shenanigans and encounters pod also if you want to be on the instagram of the podcast Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I will see you guys next week. Until then, keep your head up. You know, life is tough, but you're tougher. <laughs> and this is the part where I start saying insane motivational things because I love you so much and I just want you to go through life with some hope. Some hope of good things. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for today. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.